What does it mean to love God with all your heart? Today on the Weekly Kingdom Outlook. Greetings, folks. Pastor Lewis here with you. And I want to really uh, give you an understanding of why surrendering to God is required to love God. And we're going to talk about that, why that's important and why sometimes it's not talked about as much. And uh, we, we're trying to love God maybe in a human way, but not according to wisdom given to us by God's holy word. So here's what I want to tell you that for me to truly love God, I'm going to have some obstacles if I am not surrendered to God. That it's hard for me to truly love God if I'm not surrendered to Him. And let me explain why. First, I have to be surrendered to His Word. If I don't approach this scripture, this wonderful wisdom of God in written form, which spoken in my heart becomes life and spirit, if I'm not surrendered to it, when I find conflict with my mind, with my spirit, in the Word, I'm going to go with what I believe. But if I'm surrendered to God, then His Word reigns supreme, not me. And you see this in today's culture where a lot of people are, um, you know, you, you, you go, well, that's not scriptural. And they go... Well, that's old. But I love Jesus. I love God. But, you know, maybe the scriptures are old. Thinking as if God changeth. But they forget the scripture says God changeth not. So what God thought about homosexuality, what God thought about thief and, and theft and murder, and he hasn't changed at all. What he thought about marriage hasn't changed at all. What he thought about offering up your kids as sacrifice hasn't changed at all. God doesn't change. He, he, this is the eternal word. And so I had to be certain. When I, when I came to Jesus, I, I didn't have a lot of, um, I would say, foundational belief systems. I didn't, have, I, didn't, I didn't know what my core was. I didn't know um, what it was. But when I came to Jesus, I was told, so thankfully, uh, December 4th, 1989, Russ Cochran, the assistant pastor, sat me down and he said, this is the word of God. It is truth. Read it every day. And so that's what I've done my whole life. And um, what, I, what I had to realize was I was going to have some conflict that I did in the beginning. And I said, I don't have conflict now. But because when you're surrendered to God, when you find conflict with your own soul, with your own spirit, uh, wrestling with the Word of God, you have a choice. And you're surrendered, just go your way, Lord, not my way. So let's look at a scripture, uh, Deuteronomy 6, verse 5. Now, you might think this was New Testament. It wasn't. When they asked Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? He was quoting this scripture. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. In other words, hey, my heart is devoted to you, Lord, and to your word. My soul, my mind is devoted to you. In other words, 
when I come up with something outside of the Word of God or contrary to the Word of God, I have to surrender that to His way and to His Word. Okay, and then my strength. I'm gonna. I, there's an effort involved in loving God. There's a there's a, a devotion that's purposeful, intentional, and and uh, takes effort, takes work to demonstrate that love and to be devoted to it. And it's it's not something you know I ever want you to take for granted. And the second commandment was like the first. To love your neighbor as thyself. You probably remember that one. That's actually also in the in the Old Testament, in the Torah. Now, here's what will happen. <clears throat> I used to get this questions a lot when I when I was more working as an air traffic controller. People would ask me all the time, "What is? What do you think about?" They were Christians. What do you think about living with someone outside of marriage? What do you think about this? And I would always answer with this question: What does the Bible say? And they would literally tell me what the Bible said. And I said, why are you asking me what I think about that when you already know the answer? You know what God says, but why are you now asking me that question? And undoubtedly, the reason they were asking me is they were hoping that I could give them some way out of the problem. Here was the problem. I really love my girlfriend and, I, and we're not ready to get married, but we're going to move in together. Because that seems reasonable. The world does it all the time. And, and it seems reasonable, except for the Bible says, do not be conformed to this world. Okay, but be transformed by the renewing of my mind. So when I go where the world does it, well, does God do it? Okay. And so I, I had to go back to this stuff. I didn't have opinions about, I was young when I... I'd have opinions about abortion, homosexuality, even though I was nowhere interested in homosexuality. You know, I really, to be honest with you, it was gross to me. I'm just going to be honest. Um, I, I didn't have a, um, a sense of anything other than that. Like, I didn't know what the Bible said growing up. Okay? Um, I didn't know. And, you know, it, it, I could have easily said, well, you know, and you have this, you have this side of people. People will say stuff like, well, you shouldn't judge. Nope, that's not the first commandment. The first commandment is to love God with everything you've got. And that means, listen, that means I'm not compromising. Now, now I gotta love my neighbor as myself. Well, if I'm uncompromising in the word, uncompromising in my righteousness with God then my friend, my neighbor, if I really love my neighbor, am I going to give them a way out of repentance and give them a way to stay in their sin? Is that love? Or when they ask the question and I give them the truth, is that love? The Bible said, truth worketh through love. And so love is the basis. Now, I what I don't advocate for people to do is to go yell at people and see people and go, you're sinners. That's not what I'm advocating. I'm talking your neighbor comes up to you. What do you think about homosexuality? My answer would be, what does the Bible say about it? And they might go, well, you know, I want your opinion. My opinion doesn't matter. My opinion is God's opinion. God's ways are my ways. If God says it's sin, it's sin. I don't question him. Now, I can tell you why it's sin, 
But but that's the point. If you're going to know if I think it's what does the Bible say? That isn't, see, there's a lot of Christians who think it's just enough to say I love God, but they're not surrendered to the word. If you're not surrendered to the word, guess what? You're not going to be surrendered to his ways. If you're not surrendered to his ways, guess what? You're not going to be surrendered to his will. Surrender is actually key for love. It is actually key for us in loving God. We cannot love God fully until we're surrendered to his word, his will, and his ways. Otherwise, we're loving God not with our whole heart, not with our soul, whole soul, and not with all our strength, which is what the... It doesn't say love him with some of my soul. He says love him with all your soul. Don't leave any room in here to contradict God. Yo, Lou, pastor, I don't know all of this. I know. But what you have to do with it is go, I surrender to you. And he will, by the way, he will take you through some places that are hard. He will take you through it. Like here's, here's, like here's what is Jesus said to be my disciple. He said to be my disciple, you're going to have to love me over your spouse, over your children, over your parents. Why is that important? Why? Because if you love your children more, you will compromise to please your children and not please me. That's the truth. You know, my father wasn't really happy I became a Christian. He was by the time of his death. Because, but in the beginning, he wasn't all happy with it. <clears throat> but you know what? Because he, he looked at me and said, Man, you, you believe. He said this to me. You believe this. I said, yeah, I do. He goes, why? He asked me. I said, why? I said, Dad, this is Jesus' book. It would like, I said, that would be like if you wrote a book about your life and your, and your ways. I said, I really love you, but I disagree with half the stuff you wrote. I really don't love you. Now, remember, God's God. He's superior. This isn't suggestions. This is his will, his ways. And I, and I was to go, yeah, you know, I really love you. But I don't agree with you. Here's the problem. He's not, he's not just my, you know, he's not a friend first. He's my Lord and Savior. He's my Lord first. And so if I don't really, 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 really love God, then I might put my will, my ways in there first. My priorities in there first. See, to really love God, you got to surrender. Just look at the life of Jesus. You, go, you might go, yeah, but Jesus did it for us. Yeah, he did. He atoned for every time you fall short. But you know what he didn't sit there and say? He didn't say, so go ahead and fall short. It's okay. He didn't say that. He actually says, the Bible says this, there's grace in the time of when we're doing it right. Like the power of God can help you do it right. It's really important that you surrender. See, the church is trying to find a way to love God in themselves, not according to truth or wisdom. And I cannot love God apart from his word. Because I really don't love him. He can't, he's not my Lord at all if I can choose and pick what I will obey and what I won't. He's not my Lord.
See, the Bible says that we confess the Lord Jesus Christ and we're saved. Not we confess Jesus Christ. Not that we confess Savior Jesus, but that we confess the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, we confess and we surrender. He's Lord. And I have to surrender to that. That's difficult for some people. You know why? Because they want to be their own God. And you don't want to do that. You won't win. <laughs> so with, with, with that, you really don't want to do that. Okay? This is what it says. Verse 8, Romans 10. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. The Lord Jesus. He's our Lord and Master. Now think about this. There are going to be those who when Jesus returns are going to go, God, I know I wasn't perfect, but please forgive me. And even though they didn't walk out everything perfect, God knows they were surrendered. They might not have known all truth that they needed to know, but it, God could tell in the heart. God's a, God knows the heart. We don't. But there's going to be those people who, you know, God's going to know you weren't surrendered to me at all. Now, let me give you that scary verse, which, by the way, was one of the one of the first verses that like really scared me. Now, see, I, I, the fear of the Lord is a really good thing. By the way, I, I I think you know we don't talk about it enough. But let's go to Matthew seven. This is the great sermon on the mount, and uh, I, I, this is one that I I really really want you to hear. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Okay, so here's look at not everyone who just says Lord, Lord is going to enter. But if you really make him Lord, then you'll do the will of our Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, casted out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? You know, there's a lot of gifts of the Spirit you might operate in. But is Jesus the Lord of your life? Or are you living a life of comfort? Let me tell you for 2023. 2023, you're going to see judgment between the holy and the profane. And you're going to see the judgment between those who do the will of God and those who are faking it. There is a dividing line coming that's going to separate those who are really for Jesus and those who are not. You could see that line coming in the spirit where you got churches who are now we're ordaining drag queens and homosexuals and, you know, we're marrying them. We're, the church is like, that's the church. You go, well, no, that's the false church. No, that's the church. They confess Christ, they think. Many will not enter in that day. Listen. He goes on to say this. <clears throat> <coughs> And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Now, here's what he's saying. Look, what does that mean? 
Jesus said this in Luke, a wise one who takes my words and does them. See, there's Christians who think that as long as I confess Christ, it doesn't matter what I do. That is not true. Here's what's true. God knows whether your confession really mattered to you. I don't know. So I could see it. But, but Jesus is able to judge the living and the dead and go, you know what? This person was really mine. This one isn't. And he says, lawlessness, what does it mean? Those who are say there's no law. Here's what Christians say today. We're not under law. We're under grace. But they leave out the rest of it. For righteousness. In other words, I'm made righteous because I believe, not because what I do. However, are my works pleasing or are they unpleasing? And here's the deception. If I don't think what I do matters in my relationship with God, I am deceived. I don't know anyone who's living in sin who has a close relationship with Jesus. I've been married, This, you know, it's almost January. This is, uh, let's see, December 27th, I'm making this. Been married 35 years next month. Less than a month away, it's 35 years. It's 36 years next month that I met that beautiful redhead. I love her with all my heart. I do. Could you imagine if I had a girlfriend on the side this whole time? And I said, but I love you. Why do you have a girlfriend? Well, because there are some things I like to do that I can't do with you. You know what the girlfriend of the church is? Pleasure. Sin. That's the mistress of the church. It's the mistress of the church that sits there and has uh, on its side, it still loves pleasure more than it loves pleasing God. And because it loves pleasure more than it loves pleasing God, that becomes a major conflict, doesn't it? And so we need to understand that. Okay? We need to understand that we're not allowed to have these two uh, conflicts. And, and we do a lot, right? We do a lot. People have a lot of conflict in their life. You have to sell out to Jesus. Okay? Let's look at this in Luke 16. Let's look here. This is what happens to those who keep the mistress of sin in their life. Listen. Uh, let's see. Let's start at verse... Let's just start in verse 10. It's a little rough spot to start. We're going to deal with the unjust steward, but I want you to listen to what Jesus says. He was faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he was unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful with what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant, listen to this, no servant can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. 
Now, listen, you know what Paul called sin? Your master. When you surrender to sin, it becomes your master. You can't serve two masters. I can't serve Jesus in sin. Why? Because here's, here's my options. I'm either going to love Jesus and hate sin, or I'm going to cling. Listen, I'm going to serve. It says here, I'll be loyal to sin. And I'll end up despising Jesus. Do you know how many people despise Jesus because they think Jesus is harsh? I hear people say, Jesus is harsh about homosexuality. Well, he's allowed to be. To be honest with you, he's Lord. And if you think that you are surrendered to the Lord Jesus and then you contradict his word, you're not surrendered. So repent. Repent, 2023 is here. Repent. Because there is going to be that dividing line. Just surrender. You go, Lou, but how do I cultivate that? Well, this is what I did, okay, when I got saved. And I was growing up in the Lord. I just told the Lord every day, give me a heart after you, Lord. And it was my, that was my cry. Whatever you got to do in me, whatever you got to do in me, Lord, do it. Do it in me, Lord. That I'd have a heart after you, a heart that's hungry after you, a heart that's thirsty after you. Do it in me, Lord. 2023 is coming. And there's a dividing line that's coming. And you're going to see this pull. By the way, you're going to lose some friends if you cling to Jesus. Because those friends are clinging to sin. Let them cling to sin. You cling to righteousness. You cling to your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You hold on to the Father and don't be compromised because you rather have these friends than that is your friend. You can't be a friend of God if you're a friend of the world. Do not think you can. You will love one, hate the other, or you'll cling to the one. You'll be loyal to the one and despise the other. You'll actually come to despising the Lord and his ways because sin became more an appetite than his holiness and righteousness. I hope this makes sense. Let me know what you think in the video, and we'll talk about it. And I'll, maybe I'll try to answer you in another video. God bless you, and you have a great day. Bye-bye.